Welcome to Submic Dusra. This is Sadat Monga and Andrew Fidel Fernando. Uh, I want to start with. Uh, let's just dive straight into uh, a T20 international that was played on Sunday uh, between India and Bangladesh, which ended with an unusual tweet from Saurav Ganguly, who, as you will know, is the BCCI president now. Uh, the tweet basically thanked both the teams just for turning out. Which is which is very unusual, uh, but given the circumstances the match was played in, it was I think especially coming from somebody in the BCCI, it was a very classy tweet because uh, Sir Ganguly was the first is the first person in the last three years to have actually acknowledged that playing in Delhi where this game was played is not healthy. It is actually hazardous to the health of not not just the spectators but m- more so to the athletes who are actually exerting themselves out in the toxic air. Uh, uh, I don't know if, uh, Andrew, if you have yeah, I, been following yeah, how I've bad been, the pollution I've been has been. From afar. I, I just <laughs> want to say on that tweet, by the way, it's great that Bangladesh got that tweet. Uh, Sri Lanka played two years ago there. An entire test match did not get so much as, as a tweet. Uh, <laughs> I'll come back to that. I'll come back to that because at that so time... You, at that time, nobody in BCCI, nobody in charge in BCCI was as assured of his role as Sir Ganguly is. He's, he can actually say something that is going against the the corporation, so to speak. Uh, I remember back in 2017, let's just, if you're talking about that, and that's a good lead in into the numbers of uh, numbers related to the air quality index. 2017, uh, November, December was when Sri Lanka struggled and struggled really badly. And obviously, uh, it was apparent to anybody watching with the pollution. Uh, a year before that, two Ranji Trophy matches were cancelled. They were supposed to be in Delhi and they were cancelled. And uh, one of the coaches, uh, Hyderabad was supposed to play railways. And the coach of Hyderabad, a certain Bharat Arun, said uh, uh, that it was almost impossible to get out and run or do anything and how the eyes were stinging. A year later, he was the bowling coach of the Indian team that was playing Sri Lanka. <laughs> and he came out at a press conference and questioned the fitness of Sri Lankan players, saying that nobody in the Indian side has struggled with this. The, the inference being that Sri Lanka were up to yeah. gamesmanship. And, uh, to deny but in India the end, there, there was, there was a, an Indian player who struggled towards the end of Indian fastball, if I remember, threw up or vomited. Uh, quite a few... Quite a few Sri Lankan players did vomit and, and had to be off the field. I think there was this there was a hilarious clip where uh, Nick Lee, the the trainer, this uh, you know white guy, was dressed up in the whites, ready to come out because so many players in the Sri Lanka fifteen had gone down, and he was like one of the last members in that dressing room left who could possibly come out and field for the team. Uh, and then the, I think Dananjay de Silva, who actually ended up getting a hundred in the second innings of that match, uh, threw up, and then he he. Uh, he gained the nickname Smog De Silva, uh, SMOG, being uh, just a, a play on the fact that Sri Lankan uh, players have lots of initials as well. So, yeah, I mean, they, they copped, I felt like the Sri Lanka team copped a bit of flack during that, that match. Uh, and there was also that very, like, macho Virat Kohli declaration from the stands because uh, India were going along at, like, something like infinity for four or something, uh, absolutely crushing it in the first inning, and Sri Lanka seriously struggling. And, uh, and, uh, and Virat Kohli just stands up in a very sort of like, uh, 
uh, authoritative way and just says, no, come in, okay, we'll show you how to bowl kind of gesture uh, saying we're not going to struggle. And it was sort of like a very macho de- declaration of, yeah, I, I remember. I remember India's coach Ravi Shastri on the field and very visibly uh, irritated and annoyed with what was going on, and te- sort of talking to the umpires with a lot of gestures, which was maybe saying, "Hey, we should take the air out of the equation" or something like that to hell with the air. <laughs> uh, the, one of the Indian players who struggled was Mohammad Shami, and knowing. Knowing the denial that the BCCI lives in, I'm sure there's there's some report lying somewhere. Uh, denial and the bureaucracy. I'm sure there's some report by a doctor or a physio saying it was some other reasons. Uh, maybe maybe he had. <laughs> so uh, just just going back to numbers, uh, I, I was following it every hour on the day the match was supposed to be played. At and at 3 p.m., I'm sure even this BCCI would have been. Uh, very, very nervous because the air quality had fallen to... In certain places in Delhi, it had gone past the meters readings, which is only three digits, 999. It had gone into like 1200 and But the closest sensor to Firosha Kotla is at Jawaharlal Nehru Stadium, which is about 8 kilometers away. And there it was 912 at 3 p.m. And the visibility was very poor. So I'm sure at that point, the BCM might have wondered... I mean, Ranjan Madhugale, the genial match referee that he is, might, BCCI might have been worried that he might take matters into his own hand and, you know, just say, I can't risk the player's health in this. Uh, just as a reference, uh, th- this uh, AQI is about the, is the concentration of the particular matters which are finer, which are so fine that, uh, you, there's no filter. They just will enter your system when you breathe outside. And uh, the general acceptable level for any athletic activity is 200. Anything beyond 200, you are advised not to exert yourself because you will end up breathing a lot more air in, which will take in a lot of lot more PM 2.5 particle. Now we were at 980, which miraculously improved to about 460 by the time the toss yeah. happened. Which, yeah. by the way, was great for us because uh, those last two, three days had been really bad. And it was uh, the most the most appalling thing is, and it's not just BCCI. It's just the uh, denial mode that we are all in. Maybe because, uh, maybe it's gallows humor or something that we don't have better alternatives. So at least we don't tell ourselves that it's so bad that... Anybody who's who brings it up is considered to be, you know, as if they are talking about some first world problems that they have. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, it's bad air is bad air for, for all kinds of lungs. But I just wanted to uh, quickly, as you live in Delhi, uh, this is just like, this is an issue only for two or three months of the year, correct? Like we're not suggesting that Delhi should lose international games henceforth. It's generally just the winter months after Diwali, especially. Yeah, so uh, Delhi generally is one of the most polluted cities in the world, but it's not unlivable. It's not that you will go if you go out and play for a day, you will end up damaging your lungs. It's not that. So if if you miss out November and December, you still have four months in your cricket season: October, January, February, March, where you and that's that's what 
uh, was the most surprising thing was PCCI is if 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 ICC takes one paisa out of PCCI is you know if ICC's check or whatever share of PCCI if there's like one paisa or one anna missing they know how could such an organization such an efficient organization when it wants to be not know that November three is the closest date is the first uh, fixture after Diwali. Which is which is the worst time, and I'm not blaming just Diwali's firecrackers. It's there are much many more reasons. Uh, crop stubbles are burnt in the neighboring states, and Delhi is landlocked. There's not a lot of breeze around this time. There's no rain, so it, it's it's a, a perfect storm. Uh, so BCCI not knowing that is is shocking and. Which is why I said in a piece that I written that I, I refuse to believe that it's <laughs> that uh, they didn't know this is going to happen. There might be some other yeah. reasons. By the way, there's a joke going around uh, that um, next time uh, I, I know it was going around here, but next time Sri Lanka have to play uh, in India at uh, at this time of year, the players should go and have their training, have their normal pre-tour training camp at the Peta bus stop. <laughs> uh, so that, at the bus station, so that they can season their lungs for for Delhi air. Um, care, care to describe uh, better like, bus stop yeah, for those who basically the there? most uh, buses spew lots of diesel fumes all over the Colombo roads, and the better bus stand is obviously where they're all concentrated. And uh, it's yeah, in terms of air quality, it's probably one of the worst places in the country. So uh, that was the that was the joke going around. Um, for those in Delhi, an equivalent would be Anand Bihar ISBT bus stop, where like uh, usually the AQI is about two hundred points worse than the rest of um, Delhi. But this is, I mean, what can what can be done uh, to solve this? Is it just a case of moving fixtures out? I mean, in, beyond international games, there are still lots of Ranji Ranji games. Two thousand seventeen was the Sri Lanka Test match. Two thousand nineteen was the Bangladesh T Twenty I. In between, in 2018, they still had a Ranji Trophy game in the first week of November. <laughs> it's, I know there's a lot of politics, bureaucracy, a lot of issues within BCCI, but the duty of care, I mean, these are your biggest, these are your most important human resources are your players. You, at least, you just look after their health. This is why you are number one in the world, because you've got a huge uh, bench strength. You've got a lot of players coming through. Uh, you've got a whole country, the biggest country in the world, interested in cricket. So you just look after the human resources. They will look after your finances. Right. Finances so, is not the only thing you need to look after. Uh, of course, the larger issue we cannot cricket BCCI ICC. They cannot address a larger issue, and. Also, this a pointer for ICC because uh, uh, 2021 T20 World Cup will be played in India and it will be played around October and November. So ICC needs to watch out for Delhi as a venue. Yeah, that's that's a huge thing. And Delhi losing games during that time of year uh, would be a, a huge deal, I would imagine. Like, uh, uh, when was it, when was the last the 2016 World T20 was played earlier in the year, wasn't it? Was it, it was around Holi, so we didn't run into. Yeah. It was March. Uh, March is spring. It's a nice. It's a lovely yeah. time to be in Delhi. Um, so, what can what can cricket do then beyond just Delhi? Uh, this might be an issue that props up in other 
uh, venues around the world. Um, there, yeah, I mean, Colombo's like Pakistan is not Pakistan is not hosting a lot of international cricket because yes. Lahore so, will have the it, same issues. In fact, in fact, Sri Lanka is now touring Pakistan next month uh, for the two tests, and Lahore would have been uh, a venue that they would have gone to, but because of these air quality issues. Uh, that was one of the reasons why Lahore didn't get a match of matches and instead being played in Rahul's Um That's that, that's very impressive if that is the reason why I think that, I think Pakistan that's one didn't of them, host yeah. a match in Lahore. Unfortunately, the two other teams that are not getting a lot of coverage are Afghanistan and West Indies who are in Lucknow, which is not too far from uh, this pollution. And I checked yesterday, the AQI was around 480, which is not great, which is still hazardous. Yeah. It's still, I mean, you, you were saying earlier that 200 is uh, the limit for doing yeah. physical exercise. Uh, so twi- it's over twice that, that amount. Um, what can cricket do, though, like beyond cricket is also contributing to air pollution? Uh, cricket's not, that, cricket's that not is capable true. of solving and the issue by themselves, but uh, they're also contributing to air pollution. And there's been a little bit more interest in what cricket can do to sort of minimize its its footprint um around the world um and a lot of people are saying uh, i also just just before we did this episode when we decided to do uh pollution as the topic i went and researched like what are the what are the nations that are going to be most affected by by climate change uh in the coming uh few decades and uh we already knew this in sri lanka sri lanka is the second most likely country to be uh, to feel the detrimental effects of climate change in the world, so this one big cricket playing country, the number wow. one is Puerto Rico. For those um, uh, interested, and and the rising sea is just part of that, and it's it's not the big... yeah rising seas is just one part of that. The others like just wow. changing climate, air quality, uh, uh, cl- effect on environment, on wildlife, all of that stuff put together. So this data is from a climate risk index that was produced uh, this year, 2019, by a group called German Watch. Uh, and yeah, so Sri Lanka is number two, but other cricket playing countries also very high up on the list. Nepal is number number four. Um, Bangladesh is number nine. Thailand is number ten. Um, this is not this is not a first world problem. This is very much a developing nation problem, and it's going to affect us in South Asia. Uh, and the Indian Ocean countries uh, in particular, long before the effects are felt in, in more temperate climates. So uh, it's something that uh, Sri Lanka needs to take, uh, in particular needs to take very, very seriously. Already in India this year, we've had a lot of trouble scheduling matches because of the errant erratic rains. Uh, it's still raining. Uh, it's, there's a cyclone expected in Rajkot where this next T20 international is. Almost unheard of in November months uh west our whole west coast has had erratic rainfall this year almost a never ending monsoon uh so it it will obviously affect cricket if eventually it will end up affecting cricket yeah that's right. there'll be flooding issues in some grounds drought issues in others uh there's no like cricket's part of everything that's going to be affected not not to mention all the the way that the spectators in each of those home cities will be affected as well so we were just thinking about like what what can cricket do to try and minimize its its footprints first of all uh for yeah first of all we need to list out how how cricket contributes to it uh it might not be apparent to every cricket fan how cricket 
contributes a lot in a in a significant manner to the climate change uh the amount of waste generated from a cricket match is unreal uh, it's if if there are like 25000 people entering a stadium and i'm not even counting you know i'm just taking an average and i'm not going eden gardens 80000 and vankade uh, 50000 i'm just saying if if about 25000 people enter a stadium and they drink they're not allowed to take especially in asian grounds they're not allowed to take their own water they keep buying water bottles they keep buying cola bottles sponsors at events giving away freebies and not just giving away it's just shoving down your throats i mean to many indian grounds even before you find a seat there, there's a flag and there's a, a wave that inflatable whatever it's called <laughs> uh, it's it's just uh, it's and every step of the way there's plastic 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 which ends up in landfills at the end of the day yeah let's talk about plastic waste waste later and uh, we just talk like let's let's talk about like uh, air air pollution first because that's probably in some ways the more pressing and uh and invisible kind of pollution right um so how how does uh i i know that in sri lanka for example the floodlights uh are are diesel powered uh, are powered by diesel powered generators so yeah so there's a lot of waste a lot of air pollution being generated by mostly in india too floodlights for what uh, eight eight ish hours maybe maybe slightly less maybe seven hours a night for one day and not just the day of the day of the match teams like to practice under light so it's uh in the preview day a day before that uh yeah so it's almost like a three day cycle for a one day international uh we need to ask ourselves uh do we need a day night game i mean we should just play day night only when it is absolutely yeah. necessary i mean one one slight way to to uh to reduce it is to have day games during the weekends when people are free so day night matches are maybe unavoidable uh during the week yeah, during the weeknights when people can't get home but if if a match falls on a weekend and try and schedule as many matches on a weekend as possible then you have a day game and you sort of uh take floodlights out of the equation um and especially in asia a day game one day is almost unheard of these days it's like it's almost become a default to have a day night game everywhere in asia and which is actually not great a sunday night day night game is not great for the spectator a spectator would much rather play, watch a day game on a sunday um are there what, what else where else do you feel like there's fly flights the number of flights cricket takes uh, nowadays uh, tactically teams are staggering their tours so if england are coming to india they would they come to india for a test match tour then they go back home and then they come back for the limited overs tour and now uh, india say hey why are they allowed to stagger their tour we also want to stagger our tours so we have start- india have started staggering their tours to australia and australia is such a long flight to do it a month later two months later again it's wasteful Sri Lanka just went to Australia for a, for a three uh, match T20 series and came back uh, and wow. they did that last in yeah. 2017 as well that is increasingly starting to happen scheduling can help minimize um a lot of these un- unwanted flights even within a tour the scheduling can be better sometimes you see teams to come to india and they play a test match in mohali they go to bangalore and then they come to delhi a much better way take a bus take a train take a car get into like get into a bus from chandigarh to delhi it's like a very nice 3 to 4 hour drive 
and then fly to Bangalore. Same for Bombay yeah. Pune. You you can have twin fixtures in Bombay and Pune. And teams still fly from Delhi to Chandigarh, which is which beats yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think partly that's also because of security issues on the road and flying just seems like a more reliable way to get somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, at some point, cricket can't just be like, oh, cricket's a, a victim of climate change, where uh, our, our grounds are. I mean, I think there's a 2018 report in England about how grounds are getting more erratic rainfall. That is, that cricket's going to be the most uh, highly affected. Uh, pitch sport in the country uh, and cricket's already sort of playing this victim card when it comes to climate change. If you're going to play that victim card, you're going to have to take responsibility and, and reduce your, your carbon footprint as well to actually have some moral high ground from which to, to claim this victimhood. Um, and I mean, there are other things that any sport can do. Um, uh, you can try and be as carbon neutral as possible. You can Boards can take it upon themselves to try and Start some environmental initiatives in their in their backyards. Uh, there's been lots of uh, tree planting things that have been successful in, in various parts of the world. Uh, these are things that you can do to try and try and limit uh, or at least negate the the uh, the flight. The cricket's never going to work if if players can't take flights, right? Like that's there's never going to be a world in which uh, no more flights are taken. But you can do things. It's it's not like cricket is completely oblivious to this. There's uh, commendable work going on at various organizations. But before we get to that, uh, the other uh, wastage is plastic. Uh, a lot of plastic. Uh, uh, even in countries like in India, in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, plastic might be unavoidable because we can't just switch the tap on and turn the tap on and fill a reusable bottle every time because you need water filters which are not easy to install everywhere. So plastic bottles are used a lot in India, Pakistan and Bangladesh. But even in uh, Sri Lanka, England, New Zealand, it's not that people just go and refill their bottles from tap. It's a lot of plastic bottles are wasted, especially if you look around in the press box. Yeah, yeah, I feel like... I, I feel... <laughs> I feel unkind saying this is throwing some of my press box colleagues under the bus, but like I feel like there are some journalists who go there and they'll they'll grab like three bottles of water at the start of the day and they'll take like two sips from one bottle and then open the next one and and have like two and at the end of the day all their bottles are still like three quarters full. Uh, but we've created yeah, I mean a, a press box. Whereas you don't even need even one because you can carry your own steel bottle with you and keep refilling yeah, it. Yeah, you, you can. I, I have started to do that as much as I can remember in, in Sri Lankan grounds. Um, so there's no need to be like Rafael Nadal where you line up eight <laughs> bottles near your laptop. So. Yeah, yeah and, and then I don't know if we're, if we're even allowed to talk about the, the Australian beer snake. So if that's like cutting too close to the Australian culture, are we going to get... Are we going to get like a hundred Australians writing into this uh, this podcast saying, yeah. "What are you doing yeah. to culture of cricket?" I mean, yes, everyone loves a good BS name, <laughs> but uh, but maybe in the in in a, in a world that's a little bit more aware of uh, the issues around plastic, it's uh, maybe it's hopefully in a few years time it'll be a, a thing of the past. Can we can we do the same thing with like paper cups? Is there some other way of, is there some more, or is it only funny with with, uh, with plastic cups? I'm sure the watermelons as their headgear is funny enough. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Beach balls. Beach balls are plastic. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, or you can you can drink the the beer out of watermelons. That's or out of a beach ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Beach ball filled beer. Uh, just kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, that would be a that would be a way to go about it. But uh, there was also this thing, weird story, like, a couple of days ago. Sam Billings uh, and his gloves. You, you read yeah. that? So. Sam Billings has used these eco-friendly gloves that are that are recycled from other cricket gear, uh, but the ICC has clamped down on it because his his gloves are too colourful, I think, uh, and they defeated the colour colour coding. Um, the ICC has obviously taken some some uh, some uh, some stick over that decision. Uh, but hey, ICC is only sticking out for colour for the colour blind. Is is that really why? No, that's not why it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Even if I was yeah, colorblind, yeah. I would need to know um, what, what no, color. No, essentially, they're just trying to keep uniforms, uh, you know, to a certain regulations. And um, maybe Sam Billings' glove company just needs to make red gloves. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean any offense to the colorblind. It is a debilitating uh, condition. So please accept um, my apologies. But yeah, there. so. It, Weird, weird ways where cricket shoots itself in the foot as well. Uh, someone takes like a, a forward step trying to be a bit more eco-friendly and the ICC comes in with its its color regulations and, and shuts it down. Yeah, I'm sure he can come up with like a similar colored or a white glove out of used equipment again. I hope it doesn't deter Sam Billings to the extent that he just starts um, buying new gloves every time. Yeah, what else have we, what else have we got? So, uh, just uh, just talking about. I mean, we keep uh, uh, we keep uh, selling out cricket. We keep throwing cricket under the bus or whatever. Uh, but there's there's a lot of good work cricket has been doing. Not a lo- lot of it, but it has been doing good work. Uh, the, uh, the Oval, for example, has stopped using reusable pints for beers. Oh, sorry, single use. The Oval has barred single use pints for beer. So you get. Uh, you get your beer in a reusable mug, which you wash and then yeah. get refilled at the counter. So that's a start. Uh, Lords, Lords has hello, hello India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka. Lords has a, a post called uh, Sustainability Manager. Yeah, that's that's a proper first world appointment. Yeah. <laughs> now that's first world. No, but every ground needs it. Uh, he, in an interview to the Verve magazine, has said that uh, they have. Reduced their overall, Lords has reduced its overall footprint by 82% since 2010. It uses all electricity used at Lords, including floodlights, is wind generated. They recycle 40% of their waste. And uh, it's not just Lords, it's happening closer home to, uh, in in the IPL, uh, Kolkata Knight Riders have taken initiatives and just just an example first of the scale of the waste that a cricket match produces. I uh, will go to again uh, Juhi Chavla, one of the uh, co-owners of Kolkata Knight Riders. I'll go to her interview in the same Verve magazine at the end of 2017 season. This is one season's worth of waste. Can you guess how how many kilograms it would be? Uh, just one IPL season, is it? Yeah, at one ground. So it's seven matches. Okay. Uh, I would guess like one ton of of plastic waste. So, so one ton is about ten thousand kilos. Yeah. yeah. So you're like halfway there. It was 
It was 20,606 kilograms of waste generated from just oh, Eden wow. Gardens in one season. The good part, good thing is at least somebody is keeping, this is the first time I've seen any data on this maintained by anybody in our yeah. parts of the world. And the good thing is they have, they recycled about 19,000 kilos of it. Wow. And they didn't send any of it to any landfills. That just tells you if we, if we are aware of these things and if we are willing to help, we can help, cricket can help in a law, in a big, big way. Yeah, and it's it's also a duty of care to like the the neighborhoods near the cricket, right? Like a lot of I've seen like uh, for example in the Ketarama ground, uh, the the neighborhood near uh, near the ground in the days following a match is uh, is dirty, and that's not the neighborhood's own fault. It's just because people have come there and they've been uh, they've been very careless with their rubbish. Uh, maybe the rubbish trucks coming in and out of uh, the stadium while they're doing the clean up haven't been have been spilling some on the way or something uh it's uh it's an unfortunate thing for that neighborhood uh to bear and uh, hopefully hopefully cricket gets gets better at at all of this stuff it's great to see lords and, and kkr taking leads uh on on these kinds of things uh t20 franchise league is the most most uh lucrative form of the game maybe can be also the one that that helps lead some of this change. Lords also, obviously, a very wealthy uh, organization, uh, are the ones who probably have just set the tone for this, and hopefully, it filters down into the smaller countries and smaller teams. And we're not saying that Lords and KKR are, are the oval are the only ones doing it. We're just giving using them as examples here. Uh, one of the biggest challenges is that, well, if you're going to sustainable modes, you are going to need. A significant investment at uh, upfront, but it will start paying for itself in five years' time. It's it's the vision that is required that hey, we need to make that investment right now it's for the good of the environment, for the good of your own finances. It's it's the vision that is sometimes missing from some of the boards. Cricketers, how could cricketers help? Uh, we spoke about gloves and equipment, water bottles. Cricketers, because they dehydrate a lot. They need to rehydrate. They they use a lot of water bottles. Maybe they can start using their own bottles and start reusing them. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, uh, cricketers are used to. I think cricketers are used to a life where they have everything kind of handed to them on a tour. So uh, yeah, it'll, it'll. I think that's going to be a, a kind of a hard sell to a, a lot of. No, but there are a lot of cricketers who come across on social media as very environmentally aware. Yeah. Rohit Sharma is one of them. He he tweets passionately about wildlife. Kevin Peterson does, and uh, it just they just need to be told that plastic yes. is affecting wildlife. Uh, marine too. life, in particular, is being you know very rarely affected by by uh, by plastic waste. So yeah, there, there are there are a lot of things. Administrators remind me that it's high time that we move to electronic ticketing. It's ridiculous that in the year 2019, the Cricket World Cup, everybody had carried a ticket, a actual physical ticket with them to get into the yeah, ground. Yeah, just have it, on, have it on your spot. That's just criminal. Yeah. I hope we are not uh, sounding too much <laughs> as first world soft liberals here, which is... This is this is a real threat for us, for all of us in every part of the world. It doesn't matter, developed or developing. Actually, us developing nations are more at risk, as uh, Fernando said at the start of the show. Yeah. So, uh, 
it's something it's something at in the wake of Delhi um, that maybe cricket can start thinking more and more about the climate change discussion uh, has been gaining steam across the world and uh, there's no reason why cricket can't be part of that this that discussion and and to look inwards and uh, and try and sort its own issues out as well now that's one thanks thanks for listening thanks for tuning in we'll be back in another fortnight yeah meanwhile the other crew will be here doing the uh, the regular stump mic as well so keep a look out for that next week <laughs>